Listeners, welcome to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host, Rob, joined as always by my best good friends, Joe and Duff. Gosh, you know what? It's so great to be here. Hi, guys. Hmm. It's pretty good to be here. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. Jumping in. Uh, We're talking about minutes 101 through 104. What are we so excited about? Well... This segment starts with the death of Mrs. Gump and ends with Forrest as Lawnmower Man, <laughs> which I've never seen Lawnmower Man, nor do I know anything about that movie. I've seen it. Don't isn't remember that, it too well. Isn't it about it, virtual reality? Something like that. Yeah, I don't think it's about cutting grass as much as it seems like it would be. Whatever. Um, so we got Forrest here. He's at his uh, his mother's bedside mild She's... mildly inconvenienced deathbed <laughs> <laughs> things are looking real hard for mrs gump um <laughs> someone tucked her in three weeks ago and uh, <laughs> she hasn't moved since she's like when a cat dies and it just goes and hides and it's like i'm done with this world do you know how you know this deathbed isn't real uh there should be a water bottle nearby an electric blanket. Mm-hmm. No deathbed should be without a there's, giant water bottle with a straw. <laughs> That's there, a fact. There's no bucket. <laughs> You're really hung up on the bucket thing. Well, well, it could be on the other side of the bed, and we can't That's true. see it. Um. So, anyways, uh, she's kind of giving. Always great to start our our little jokey <laughs> podcast with two men weighing in on their detailed knowledge of what deathbeds look like. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, that's a few things am I an expert on? Um, look, you should just you should just have a bucket handy in general. That's a good tip. Do you have a bucket next to your bed? Not next to my bed. Just okay, to, but I know where a bucket that is. That was answered strangely. <laughs> <laughs> Can you elaborate, please? I know where a bucket is. Is not, it like how not next, quickly, not next to my bed? How quickly could you get to the bucket if you woke up in the middle of the night having to vom? Uh, well, I just vom. Go, but, <laughs> what is going on with you two? Well, it would be much quicker to get to the toilet upstairs than the bucket, which is downstairs. Okay, all right. So it's it's not closer to the toilet. All right. I I mean I think I've told the story before, but um. Ooh, I, I, I love when it starts like this. I'm sure I know Joe knows the story. <laughs> I think Duff does, but one time I wish I would have had a bucket next to my bed. <laughs> because a drawer, a drawer is the next best thing. <laughs> yeah, I she have. doesn't need a bucket because there's a nightstand there with a yeah, drawer. That's true. Yeah, she did what I did. So I went to a uh, that's a, the, I- a, the the IKEA bucket right there. I went to a local sporting event with a uh, friend of the show, Rob. Uh, guests of the show and uh it was a baseball game and at the baseball game that day was the million dollar man ted dibiase <laughs> got to meet him talk to him for a while so i was there too no you were not there so you met him more than once wait no okay i'm wrong it wasn't millie man was it diamond dallas page nope it was sergeant slaughter that time <laughs> oh. it was that sergeant slaughter i wasn't sure on that okay so you were at million dollar man sergeant slaughter so we went and saw and uh, we just kept going back to see Sergeant Slaughter to talk to him. Oh, God. Because um, we're cool adults. And uh, we walked back home because it was close enough that I can walk home. And um, two things happened. My friend got picked up by his um, 
Rob got picked up by his wife and driven home, of which point he got out of the car and then threw up in his front yard, (laughs) (laughs) which is always great. And then I did not need to throw up, guys. I went to bed just fine and dandy. (laughs) And apparently I woke up in the middle of the night. And I didn't have vivid memories of this because later on, like in the early morning, I woke up to use the bathroom and I went and used the bathroom and I came back and I thought, did I? (laughs) Was that a dream? Yeah, was that a dream or did that happen? And so I walked up to my bed and I opened up, as as you called it, Duff, the Ikea bucket, opened up the bedside drawer. And there was like there are those Swedish meatballs in there. (laughs) And there was like some pajamas that were sitting there and everything looked fine. And I was like, no, I think in my memory, this is different. And I, like, lifted up a pair of pajama pants, and I had vomited all inside the drawer and in the middle was, of the night. And this was, like, your mid to late 20s, wasn't it? This would have been mid to late 20s. Yeah. yeah. And so I had like woke you, up in the middle of the night. You owned a house by this point. <laughs> yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night. I opened up my bedside drawer. I grabbed a pair of pajama pants. Then vomited in the drawer and then just put them right back on it and shut it as if no one will ever <laughs> like, be like the wiser. Bo- like bounty paper towels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and thank God I thought about it the next morning. Otherwise, like, could you imagine a couple well, you, days later? You would have figured it out real quick. Yeah. So anyways, maybe that's It, w- it wouldn't have even been a couple days. <laughs> you would have. Why are all these flies in the room? <laughs> <laughs> Why does it smell like Mrs. Gump in here? <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> so, uh, so, what, so, what your guys should bring it back around? Are you guys trying to tell me that this isn't what dying is like? No, <laughs> it's not quite like this. Unless she died like five months after this, <laughs> he just like well later. Um, Unless it was an assisted suicide, and like the next scene was just hooking up the IV. Oh my God! Blood. Could this have? Could this fit into the Doctor Kravarkian timeline? Uh, could that could that he, be? And this would have been like I don't. He was doing that for a while. It could. I think it could. This is yep. late. This is late seventies. Maybe that's a deleted scene. Little <laughs> 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 Corvarkian comes in there and hooks up Mrs. Gump. Brings um, the old suicide machine. Yep. So, which is just a get a guillotine. <laughs> um. So. Anyways, Mrs. Gump is giving them, giving him this little pep talk, and, and she says that she was destined to be his mama. That's eh, kind of sweet. I think it's sweet she said that. But then, this part bothers me, and it, I think this gets to, um, Duff, what you said uh, uh, last time we were talking about this segment, or, you know, Mrs. Gump. But he says, what is my destiny? Now, at this point, Forrest has already met three presidents. He's a star college football player. He's a war hero, and he's a millionaire CEO. Mm-hmm. What? God. Yeah, we are in this instant. <laughs> we are supposed to feel bad for this guy who like doesn't know what to do next, what to do with his life, because uh, Alexander conquered everything and had no more worlds left. So he wept like that. Yeah, like sitting there in his plantation home. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, uh, so, so, yeah, I am I am very much with you. One small thing that's a callback to the last, uh, I believe, our last episode is 
This shirt is wild in how it's constructed. <laughs> you can't get enough of this shirt. This I, I can't believe it. It's I I kept thanks to Joe bringing it up. Like I just kept staring at it. Like what? <laughs> what blind person made this shirt? <laughs> I've Here's been thinking I, about it. I've been thinking about it more. So there's no top button. Do you think it's because he doesn't have the dexterity to button the top button, so they modified it and made it Velcro? Here's what I'm wondering. (laughs) Did they not have a collared shirt on set, and he just wore a T-shirt, and they CGI'd the collar in? (laughs) This looks like... But there's other buttons, though. There's buttons below it. They forgot. They were CGI-ing it in. There is no top button, and there's a collar, but it does not open anywhere. It looks fake. It is it, a deep fake. <laughs> it it's my other theory is it's kind of like like the the Star Trek uniforms where it's like you fold it over and there's clasps or something like I've just madness. <laughs> it is. I I think it's CGI'd. <laughs> I think they decided no one will ever notice. Let's just try it out. Well. Let's just put on. Some fake collars, and they didn't think the three of us <laughs> would be inspecting they this didn't, movie. They made it 20-some years b- before being caught, but we got them. Yep, we got them. Uh, we got them. But to, to speak to the bigger issue you brought, you brought up, um, and you didn't even get to what is most infuriating. And I know it's not an accident because this comes up later way later in the movie at the end so we get um forest mom she says uh we all have a destiny i was destined to be your mama and like i get that it's sweet so i don't disagree with you but like her entire destiny is just to sire a child like some kind of puppy mill dog or something like that's that like that's all she was put on earth for was to have forest so forest can be great it's almost like she's just trying to say something sweet to her son mm. <laughs> yeah i i don't i don't mind that i don't mind what she's saying okay there. all right it so me. okay so i'll play devil's advocate then that's okay. okay but then one second later she says the exact opposite she does say the exact opposite that part bothers me that yep. and that you know you could say you could you know explain it away as it's like, oh, she's just being folksy or, or something. No, no, no. Because at the end of this stupid movie, we get Forrest at Jenny's grave, and he talks about how, well, Lieutenant Dan says that everything has a purpose, and Mama says that we're all just floating around or whatever. And it's like, it is maddening, because this movie literally has nothing to say. This movie's like, uh, there's the destiny, but maybe there's not. Okay. Just I'm, stupid. I'm going to go... I'm going to maybe go a bridge too far here, guys. You? Yeah. <laughs> is there a chance that this is a clone? <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that. Hmm. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Pre this happening, things are... Go- I mean, Forrest has it made. He's got this company. He's doing really well. He's got... He's with... Oh, is this because of the shirt? <laughs> Yeah, hold on. It gets farther, right? He's got Lieutenant Dan. He, uh, Forrest doesn't have time for this. They send a clone. Maybe Lieutenant Dan did this. I don't know. Is this because in our prior episode we were talking about uh, multiplicity? (laughs) Maybe. But no, look, hear me out. 
he brings them out. The shirt doesn't make sense, right? Um, that's part of it. That's just a little clue for us to kind of dig into this. Um, but what happens to this clone? He goes crazy. He starts running across the country. All the while, I bet you Forrest is the one actually working the on the on the sh- on the shrimping. Even then, later on, we're going to see that uh, he gets invested with Apple. That wasn't Lieutenant Dan that did that. That was real Forrest that did it. So I I will say that I could see one clone cuts the lawn, one clone is running across the country, one yep. clone is back with Lieutenant Dan. In the last thing we recorded, you brought up multiplicity too. Did you just see that on TV recently or something? And you're trying to apply no, multiplicity. No, to I'm everything? just. Okay, let's just. He's just right. asking questions. I'm just asking questions. That's right. Why don't you just file it away? And as we move forward, just think about it. Maybe this isn't the real forest here. Maybe there is the forest with the button and the forest without the button. But I just, I just wanted to finish up that this is the most philosophically lazy movie i've ever seen (laughs) in that it this is do you know what this is this is one of those uh clickbait articles where it'll say like uh could you know it's like could this person win the election probably not but maybe (laughs) like it's that it's it's just this movie is written by chris saliza (laughs) yeah it's just it's just like Oh, let's hedge our bets and just say everything so we can't be wrong. Mrs. Gump hands him the book, The Secret, at the end here to be yeah. like, read this. Yeah. Read this. This is where I'm getting this, this knowledge from. This is just some dumb HuffPo article of, like, whatever trendy uh, New Agey garbage is in vogue. And then the next week it's does something totally different. I mean, that would make sense because, like, you know, she mentions life's a box of chocolates. I don't know what you're going to get. Makes no sense. Nope. You know, so, like, you know what you get with a box of chocolates? Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> Sometimes some nuts. Mm, sometimes you feel L- like one. A th- little bit of variety, but uh, n- not the big mystery that they're making it out to be. <laughs> so now we go back to the park bench with real forest here. You can tell because <laughs> the button. Forest, forest A. Uh, and he's, uh, you know, this woman is breaking down. Do you notice the woman is wearing the same bathrobe as Mrs. Gump? <laughs> it's uncanny. <laughs> the filmmaker uh, puts uh, the target audience for this movie on a park bench with him. And uh, <laughs> needless to say, she's wrapped. Yes, she is into the story, this sweet old lady. And um, Is this old lady actually... M- Emmett Walsh and drag. <laughs> <laughs> go ba- go back and look. Tell me. I- <laughs> her her grandchildren haven't visited her in three years, and she finally found someone to talk to. Oh boy! So this old lady's here. Um, we find out, you know, the reason Miss Mrs. Gump got the cancer. Um, woman cancer, no less. Yeah, because she's a woman. Um, so now things get weird. She she doesn't want it. this woman doesn't want to get on the bus. She wants to hear for a story, as you said, Joe. Probably because she has no one else to talk to. Well, she was on her way to Doctor Kevorkian's office, and she figured <laughs> it could wait a little bit now. She was gonna jump in front of the bus, but there'll be another one along. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't like jumping in front. Episode. I don't like jumping in front of the ones with bike racks. I'll wait for the next one. <laughs> 
I don't want to ruin someone's Schwinn. <laughs> okay, so Forrest now just says what we just talked about. like this Just movie, rubbing it in our face. Right, he just goes on about all the stuff we just said, how he's a decorated member of the community, you know, the... He's on all these things. He's an incredible person to his life. He's you could Wild, not achieve wildly more. successful and rich. Yes, living in a plantation. So, why then does he just start cutting grass for the city? Something to do. He likes it. Hmm. I mean, to be fair, I know somebody who won the lottery, and they started mowing the lawn for their church for free. I mean. I don't get what you're confused about. It's like a way of volunteering. You guys ever uh, uh, drove um, a riding mower? Nope. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I'm not. Looks. It looks fun. I'd but like as to. someone who, I'm, like, I was a, like, I was a suburban boy. As someone who did it like every week, my dad had two of them, so we could both do it at the same time. We had such a huge yard, we could each get like on a, one. like a tractor when kids sit in their dad's lap. Look at the land that will be theirs. Well, I mean, like, but he had two separate, tra- uh, two separate uh, riding lawnmowers, and so I would. Drive let me one. let me guess. He drove by someone's house and they were selling one, and yeah. it was a good deal. <laughs> probably is. It's In case one why. breaks down. Uh, but it was not. It's not that fun when you do it not, all the time. When you're a kid, it sucks. But when you're like an adult, and it's like, oh, thank God, some. Pe-. I mean, it's like the classic like suburban dad thing that you love to do because no, it's like a half hour where no one can bother you. That's that's true. When I when we bought our house, my dad tried giving me one of them. He's like, you can have one of them, and I was like, Dad, I have a city block. Like, it, I mean, I, I live on just like a regular lot. It would- I don't. It would what take would I do longer to maneuver in that thing around your lot <laughs> than it would to just cut it regularly with like yeah. a, even a push mower. It would be an absurd thing to have, but sometimes I wish I had it. Um, it would be funny. I absolutely can understand why someone would find it to be a pleasant thing to do. Yeah, really? I've, I've okay. never been. I've never been. That part has always made perfect sense, especially you know? if you're doing it as like a public service. Like he, it's not like he's just mowing some like random people's lawns. He's mowing like the high school football field. Yeah, it's yeah. nostalgic for him. The way they the way they they phrase it though is it's not like he was like I'd like to mow your lawn. They were like we have a great job for you. Well, they, they just... in their mind they're taking advantage of a absolute moron uh, but yeah, like okay. in his mind it's just like oh i like doing this yeah so that's why he okay. says he does it for free okay all right guys you've sold me on it i was wrong you were right i thought you were gonna say it went bananas because he needed to make more money so he invested in apple well okay so then we go there lieutenant dan invests him uh invest with apple now i tried digging into this and finding some math and doing some some work here and i got just all confused um okay so let's all tuck <laughs> dig in for rob explains the yeah. stock market i'm not going to rob's investment I, I, I we should we're going to rebrand as an investment a stock tip <laughs> podcast is this mad money now do we have the sound <laughs> effects and the rubber chicken yes sell so, sell sell I, I i'm a little confused because on the letter he gets it says 1975 mm-hmm I, my research says that the Apple IPO didn't go public until 1980. So what did he get? Well, he might not be like a public investor. Maybe he loaned some money and they just like sent a, 
like seed money or something yeah like maybe he just gave lieutenant dan met steve jobs or the waz <laughs> at some mixer somehow a tiki and, bar in yeah, georgia and and he's like tell you what i will put up you know they had like a gentleman's agreement like i'll give you 10 million dollars for x percent of the company and then he's like all right we gotta write something up to make it official and he just put it on the apple letterhead yeah, he's like that guy in uh, okay. Silicon Valley that okay. invests in it. Uh, so he I didn't. His name. I mean, you. So he's, it, he's not like you know. I don't think you get dividends. He just got some type of legal agreement, or okay. Also, okay. I think yeah. we're trying way too hard to make this actually fit the Apple timeline. I think it's we've just, thought more about it than the author, the screenwriter did. Yeah. So that makes more that makes more sense because 1975. Is when the Steves at Apple started. So, so Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, and Waz. But then, would he have known he's rich? Oh, okay. So this that letter is a flashback to when he first. Okay, I get it. So, so does it explain why he's so rich then? Because yeah, it's only like six years later. He only has like a very successful shrimping company that gets him on Fortune magazine. He's poor. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so now he has this comment here about. uh, did Forrest ever need to worry about money? He talks about not needing to worry about money. Like, when did he ever need to worry he about money? Never. Never. Even way back, like, he went to college for free. <laughs> He's never had to worry about money. I mean, he never even had to look for a home. No. Ever. No. He lived. He, he much, much went like, to a dorm. He's a he white male. Military? He's a white male baby boomer. <laughs> <laughs> He he lived on a, a shrimp boat. He went to he was sent to China and get, given a big merchandising deal. <laughs> and then he comes back home and he just lives with his mom yep. or his mom's house after she perished. Well, well, this is kind of what I wanted to get into earlier. Um, so this is this movie is kind of often seen as like this kind of reactionary fever dream about their vision for what America is. And I I think in this case, like they're accidentally right. As this movie just shows you that just so many rich people just get rich by because they're really lucky. Yeah. Like, what does he work at in this movie at being good at? There's only one thing I can think of that he works hard at. Ping pong. Yes. Assembling a gun. That's the. the He's also really good at assembling a gun. Yeah. So he's fast, kind of by accident because he had magic leg braces. he uh practices then he practices putting to putting together a gun real fast so he's good at that yep so he's he's not he, he's uh then good at ping pong and part of that is he's naturally good at it and mm-hmm. partly he's just is i mean he essentially his job sit- is to work on it and then everything else like the shrimping uh the investment like all of it is just from dumb luck and that's the thing that that sort of the conservatives who love this movie so much never really want to admit is that that describes a huge percentage of people who are really successful in life. It just, I shouldn't say maybe a huge percentage, but it just luck is the thing that they continue to deny as a factor. And and all of us do to some extent. I mean, even the three of us, a lot of the good fortune that's come our way, a lot of it is luck, like who our parents are or just being in the right place at the right time. I mean, that's the case for everybody, and there's no shame in that. But it's a thing that just a lot of people that read this movie that way don't want to admit. And I find that funny because this movie, that's the whole core of it. 
is every success that comes his way, almost every one, is from just pure dumb luck. The entire Bubba Gump shrimping business, which is a huge success, is an idea he got from a black guy who was killed. <laughs> yeah. And then he engages in like dark disaster capitalism after a <laughs> hurricane lays waste to an industry. Uh, because to be fair, Lieutenant Dan yelled at God, so God was like, oh, I don't want to mess with those guys. <laughs> to be fair, he does he does pay it back a little bit here in this segment. He gives his money to a church, he gives his money to a hospital, he gives his money to Bubba's family. Yeah, I'm not saying that he yeah. himself is bad no. or anything like that. And I, I'm not even saying it's bad like if you get rich because you're lucky and stuff. It's like, well, you did. So I, I'm just saying it's like, but it's a factor that's so key to being successful for most people who are su- successful. Luck is a bigger part of it than they often care to admit. My entire uh career path has just been blindly stumbling upward thanks to being uh middle class and white that as my like every time like this one time at work that's like we're gonna have a career panel it's like no i'm not gonna do it because you know why because i don't have any actual skills oh they wanted you to be on the panel yes (laughs) i'd love to see that Yeah, like they're, that would we're, be amazing. It's like we're we're trying to get people of different perspectives. Like I have nothing of value to add. <laughs> at least you knew. At least you know that. Because uh, so. <laughs> it would have been. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a really good point, Joe. Um, and and you're right. I mean this whole every everything that happens to him outside of like, um, I mean he does he does stick with things, right? I mean he did like go back and get. Lieutenant Dan and and Bubba and and other. He, I mean, he's, he's loyal. a good friend. He's yeah, no he's doubt a good about guy. I'm not saying that or anything. It's just like, but uh, all of his sort of material gains in life Are come luck. from luck. He's loyal. Yeah. He uh, he never abandons you. Uh, yeah, and I I think I've said this before. He's he would be the best improv partner because he says yes to everything. Yeah, he. It's not that he doesn't deserve this luck, but I think it's important to talk about it. That that's why it happened. Well, he also Lucky. doesn't deserve it really either. But <laughs> <laughs> like the shrimp thing is is pretty bad. Well, the know? shrimp yeah. thing is bad. Yeah, yeah. So, before before we move on, um, I I wanted to touch on the apple thing, and I wanted to imagine. So, like, what was the scenario where Lieutenant Dan found out about Apple and got it on the ground floor? <sighs> Yeah, that's a great question. I was thinking about that too. Because like I, mean, I, I have this vision of like uh, Steve Jobs and Wozniak like in that garage in Silicon Valley, and like one of them comes and is like, "I met this this veteran with no legs who like he wants to invest a bunch of money." I know it sounds weird. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So let's try to like timeline this out. So how would he have met them? Yeah, that's that's the that thing. doesn't make any sense because to, because they're West Coast guys. They were in California and Silicon Valley, so mm-hmm. they they did start in Silicon Valley. I, uh, I guess I don't I don't really care about Apple and know much about it. But I it read, was in California, like yeah. Los Altos, California was the was um Palo which is Alto? in in northern Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah. So Steve no, jo- Steve Jobs and. Uh, What's his first name? I was thinking Wozniak. Steve's. Yeah. So the Steves were out in the West Coast. Yep. And Lieutenant Dan and Forrest are Louisiana, Alabama. At, at one point he Lieutenant Dan was in New York. 
so like is lieutenant dan going to like electronics trade shows or something <laughs> yeah so he needs someone to design his new legs so the only thing that ooh. okay well, ooh, because all right because um they had started taking in 1975 the two steves started attending meetings at the homebrew computer club mm. so maybe maybe he wanted some like super legs that would be run by microcomputers, <laughs> or he just becomes like a computer tinkerer. Could be like that uh, that Spider-Man screen he, grab he, with uh, with Willem Dafoe. Oh, I fashion myself as a bit of a scientist myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so there's Lieutenant Dan, like he, oh, I'm a little bit of a computer geek myself. We do see him commanding the uh, the radio on the boat. Maybe he, maybe he became one of those ham radio guys. Oh, maybe he talked to them on ham radio. Wow, uh, can that there go? There we that go. Far? I don't really know much about ham radio. I, I know nothing about ham radio. That seems like it should have been a Spooner thing. <laughs> I don't There's a think, lot of truckers to talk to. I don't think people born after 1975 know about ham radio, except that it was a thing. <laughs> um, I only know about it from movies. Yeah. All right, so so, so I like that. It's 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 he's a he's a bit of a tinkerer, a bit of a scientist, and he wanted super legs. My my idea is that. Um, Lieutenant Dan starts doing the rich person junket thing where you just like go to trade shows Davos and, pe- and stuff. People's just come around and they just kiss your ass and tell you how great you are and then try to get some money for you. When All do we lo- start getting invited to that stuff from our hit podcast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Stamps.com is a great company. <laughs> do you know who uh, does get around all over the world and country? Forrest Gump. Is the real Forrest Gump making these connections while the clone <laughs> is at home? So he went out to Silicon Trying Valley. Trying so hard to make this a thing, and we're not going to bite. <laughs> Just think about it. He's. You know, I've he thought about been, it more than I care to. You know, he could have been going to like... Uh, and I guess to be fair, like Lieutenant Dan or Forrest would be probably, you know, there would be shrimp conventions. You would think those would, you know, <laughs> seafood. <laughs> not not seafood. Not like whole, the food wholesaler shrimp conventions. Shrimp conventions. Joe, Joe, you going to shrimp con this year? <laughs> I would absolutely go to a shrimp con. I love yeah, shrimp. I mean, they're they're a little thing, but they're pretty <laughs> exciting. Uh, yeah, so shrimp con. <laughs> They have, of, they have a lot. They have a lot of. They have a lot of appeal. Mm. So, so Lieutenant Dan went to Shrimp Con seventy four. <laughs> I wonder if like either Steve Jobs or Wozniak's like parents were into um, like what their parents did. Maybe they were into into seafood things. Where, where would Shrimp Con like? I guess you could do that in like New Orleans. Well, they 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 switch it off, Moves so they around. do. Charleston would be a good place for. They shrimp do like con. East Coast, South, West Coast, and they kind of switch it around every every you know, every year they switch between those three, except for Shrimp Con Two, where they try doing it from all three locations at the same time, <laughs> uh, like WrestleMania, and it it didn't work out. We're buying a booth at the next one. <laughs> shrimp Con. <laughs> No shrimp con this year because of the Rona, but shrimp con twenty one is coming back. It's gonna be <laughs> digi- it's gonna be digital. We're, all, we're just gonna be. I'm, I'm trying to make up for my city's loss of the uh, of the Democratic National Convention by luring shrimp con <laughs> to the Great Lakes region. It's just a bunch of people on Zoom eating a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> That's our our first Forrest Gump minute shirt is just going to be shrimp con twenty twenty one shrimp con 
2021. Uh, someone designed that shirt, and we will put it up for sale. <laughs> uh, we also have a World Aquaculture Convention in Honolulu. Maybe if we do a listing, if we do a rap party for this show, we could have it be call it ShrimpCon. Put it in, put it in ads as ShrimpCon. Hashtag ShrimpCon. <laughs> I'm sure. What would be the most like mid best Midwestern city for ShrimpCon 2020 or I guess it ought to be 2021. Midwestern uh, L- Louisville. <laughs> yeah, now that they're part of the Midwest. Yep. Dude, that'd be fun. Okay. Um They do give like I said, they do uh Bubba's family gets paid off. We do have this moment with his mom. We had talked about this segment a lot. The the payoff you had mentioned at the time, I think Joe, is kinda nice with this old white lady giving him like giving her food, serving her. Um I wish she was wearing the same pink overcoat that all all the old white ladies wear in this shirt. Uh... <laughs> they only had a certain wardrobe budget for the extras. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then this segment ends with um, a ghost. A ghost. Yeah, Jenny, the, the ghost of Jenny, uh, wanders around at night uh, on the Gump property on Gump Land. For it's now Wuthering Heights <laughs> forest. <laughs> sees sees the ghost haunting him mm-hmm. you see her walk across and then just fade into oblivion just a, all of a sudden jenny's force ghost shows up it's it shows her before she shoots the heroine and then <laughs> afterwards <laughs> <laughs> fades off it's like yeah it's like one of those uh 90s like don't do drugs commercials like yes. this is your body on drugs and it just disappears before you could go into the plantation house with your, <laughs> with the the simple guy that you take advantage when you need a place to crash. Well, remember she's an FBI agent. No, she's yeah, a C- CIA. I think. CIA. That's right. well. Well, yeah, I could be either. You're right. Um, do you guys have anything else? I know we don't have any musical cues for here. Do you guys have anything else about this segment of Forrest Gump? Uh, this segment uh, with uh, Bubba's mom has another thing. I dislike in movies which is fainting from shock mm, yes which, does this happen no well maybe nothing good has happened to us so that's <laughs> why uh what would people, be like what, what i'm trying to think of what could make me faint like that uh, people faint from heat stroke they don't, they don't faint locking their knees <laughs> yeah what if you saw an alien would you faint then I feel like I would be more likely to poop before I fainted. <laughs> okay. That's why you always have a bucket nearby. Yeah, uh-huh. there always always have a bucket. Yeah, I like okay, so and this is if, a common trope in all Oh movies, yeah, it's super so, lame. And uh, just If I, I get up real fast, no, I'm not. And then t- I saw yeah, blood. That's not I could they, see. No, I not, could see. I could faint from that. Not physical exertion, because yeah, it's the, always from something they hear. That's what annoys. It's us. always. It's always yeah, from our, news. News of some. Yeah, kind. just from because even the standing up. That's you know, there's some type of uh, physical reaction, but it's always like someone gets a phone call and is drop. <laughs> like that does not happen. Yeah, I want. Sure. I want people to prove me wrong, though. Like I want somebody like, oh yeah, I found out I lost my job and just fainted. <laughs> well, yes, that that's yeah. We we want to know if you fainted from news, and most importantly, what the news was. Yes. Um, anything else, guys? Nope. 
No. If I told you the rest of my thoughts, you'd faint. (laughs) (laughs) That's because I do stand up when I podcast. (laughs) God, that'd be... That's do you weird. know? Do you know how I know that's a lie, Rob? And I've God. I've shared this before. Yes. A famous Rob Lumley quote: "I didn't go to college to stand up at a job." That's right. I mean, you're right. You're right. I'm not. No one. No one chooses to stand over sitting. It's an absurd request in the office space. It is absurd. I don't turn the TV on and go, you know, I think I'll just stand and watch this episode. I, I don't disagree with you. I just love it how you turned it into the most classist thing you could. <laughs> Are you going to listen to this album? Instead of, I just think I'll stand and listen to it. Instead of sitting on the couch and listening to it, I'll just stand. It's better for me. I like standing. Would you stand and do things for pleasure? It's when I need to shake things up. The only reason I brought that up is because that one of the things that makes Rob the maddest is <laughs> talking about that and the the balls you sit on to make your posture yeah, better. Yeah, just sit in a chair. We've been doing it for thousands of years. It's <laughs> I, fine. I like having the option to stand up as a as an alternative, but like I don't want my desk to be set up to stand all the time. That's uh, just virtue signaling. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> standing desk. I don't have one. I'm just people, but I people, get it. I'm just saying. People. I'm just saying that's what it is. I'm not talking about you. I'm saying in general. You guys are weirdly passionate about this. <laughs> Just sit down, do your job. That's what people say. <laughs> sit down and do your job. Don't stand up and think about it. Sit that, down. I do have your a, job. I have a strong feeling that the podcast community will be on our side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet you none of them stand up to podcast. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Happy the days while I'm Till once more they ride high out to sea.